gentlemen, I am the zombie Elio Canella alongside my assistant, uh, Ben Pierce. Ben's always Pierce and Berries, but tonight he's doing the zombie shuffle. All right, Ben, how are you? Well, aside from the fact that I'm still trying to figure out how you expect me to do the zombie shuffle, well, that way, it's possible to do in in uh, your in your situation as well. So it's all good. Well, well, at least clue me in. What 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 is it? It's some sort of <laughs> some sort of weird robotic okay. movement. You know what? It's really stupid. Okay, because um, <laughs> the second installment of that uh, game. Had the yes. zombie. His name is Baron Samedi, which is uh, French for Saturday. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> so like he he's supposed to be like this disco uh, loving uh, zombie who likes to do a zombie shuffle and do all these weird dance things and it's just stupid. Oh, oh God. Okay. I just I just put these I just put these up to mess with you to like make you laugh. Y yes, well, successful, and uh, so somehow, somehow, I managed not to uh, not to wet myself with the process. <laughs> well, it's good. But uh, one one thing that one thing that was difficult to get through this week was the process of watching SmackDown. Oh, Jesus! I have graciously offered to uh, do that portion of the review this weekend, so my or this sh this show, so my co-host doesn't have to suffer through that portion of the oh my of the program. God, it was bad. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, actually, I, uh, I have to tell I saw you earlier that you responded to my tweet on the subject, so that was yes. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna add to that. I'm gonna explain that. As well, when we get to our SmackDown review. Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, I'm uh, quite a happy person because Ben, do you know what started today? What's that? The G1 climax. Oh yes, the um, the the tag team special, right? No, 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 no. There's no tag team. That was a. Uh, that was the, the just SmackDown. Uh, that was the MGBW Junior Cup the, for the for the tag. Uh, tag oh team. yeah, this. No, no, this is G1 Climax. It is made up of. Okay, I'm gonna explain to you exactly how this works. So G1 Climax is made up of Block A and Block B. Okay, and each block has. Each block has 10 wrestlers in it. Okay, now, in, in both block A and block B, okay, like, pick a wrestler at random. We have Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, we have uh, Jay White, or whatever. So, like, just pick one, one name from that. Jeff Cobb. Okay, so Jeff Cobb, okay. Block A, he has to face every... Every wrestler in block A, he has to face him at least once. At the okay. end, of, after he goes through all of uh, all of his opponent, all of the opponents in block A, the winner of yeah. block B, uh, Jeff Cobb faces the winner of block B in the finals, which ends on October. In October, so for a whole month, this goes on. 
Okay, and what what do what do they do? Weekly shows. Oh, um, okay. So to uh, to today or tonight? Well, today for me because they're, they're in Japan when it's five a.m. here or six a.m. here, it's like seven at night there. So they do Saturday tonight is night one. Tomorrow will be night two. So, and then they oh, take okay. they take a break and they go on like later in the week, like on Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, so I will uh, I will have to um, use that one site that you uh, that you made me aware of, and I will. Uh, but yeah, you have to because, you you have to because um if you don't have MJPW World, you won't uh, be able to watch it. Unless you have those uh, other websites, I I uh, directed you to. Yeah, I will definitely do that because uh, for for some reason I don't know why, but I I don't get Access TV, so it's just kind of no. I, I I said I just told you it's not on Access TV. It's on NJP oh, oh. NJP World TV. Oh okay. It's uh, a it's yeah. a whole not, it's it's like the WB network, but it's New Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now, do you know what the winner of G1 Climax gets at the end? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not, I'm not familiar with NJPW. Okay, so the let's say Jeff Cobb goes on to win G1 Climax in October. Yeah. He then goes on to face the champion uh, at Wrestle Kingdom 15 for the NJPW Championship. Oh, okay. Yep. So, so this is, this is, it's, okay, it's so kind of like the Royal, it's kind of like the Royal Rumble with the winner going to WrestleMania. The winner here goes on to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, well, that's what, okay, that's what I was gonna, that's what I was gonna ask you. Gonna that's gonna be a lot like of wrestling. Rumble. That's gonna be a lot of wrestling. I'm so happy, and you know what? It was it was nice to see fans in the arena actually for a change because they had like fans there. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's a, I'm sure that's a vast difference because I was um I was watching NXT right before I came on the air because I I'm wanted sorry, to. You were, watching, um, what, you were watching what? NXT. And, oh yeah. Uh, okay. They're still and they're still having no uh, no crowds outside of the NXT recruits, and it just sucks. Oh, terrible! I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Some of the matches are pretty good. No the matches, but, some um, of the matches are good, but it's but just, it, it sucks without a live crowd. And the, the Thunderdome. Yeah. How, I don't I don't know how much uh, how far you can really take this Thunderdome thing. Yeah. Well, uh, and apparently, and it's interesting that you 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 should say that because I'm hearing it's not gonna it's not gonna go past October. Well, you can only take it so far, before, like, uh, uh, and then uh, and then uh, we already had some incidences on there with people like showing. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we've gone over that, and that's just yeah. that's just that's just people being so incredibly stupid. Um, but you know, the the thing for the thing for me, it it, it would 
for me, it would be more compelling if we could actually hear the fans, which I don't understand why you can't do that because uh, on on yeah, Zoom, you know, you know what I think it is. It's a well, I don't. Are, they're not all Zoom, are they? I don't think they're all Zoom on there, are they? Well, they, unless they, unless it's uh, unless it's a mix between Zoom and Skype, I don't know. They, but because, I, because see, it's I think uh, one thing I heard was it's hard to sync everyone up like the with like the. But it's just weird. It's the whole thing is. But I, I mean, like. Yeah. Just, just watch, just watching like these, these reactions that are so fucking fake looking, and <laughs> right? Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> oh, that was, that was the one that came from what? Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't any worse than what I just did. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I, I should. I should just, give myself an award for that one. Yeah, it's just like, and it's just like I'm. It's just like me. I'm like I'm having a allergic reaction to watching these fans do this stupid shit. <laughs> okay, so uh, what do you say we get into this uh, week's uh, absolutely here? All right. Absolutely. Um, we are going to kick things off with. Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, actually, I'm the one who's sorry because you want to cover SmackDown. Oh, no, no but, but despite the pain that was SmackDown, I'm going to make it very entertaining because as I told you before we came on the air, it's going to it's going to be a rant the likes of which has rarely been heard right here on the PNC Progression Wrestling podcast. So PNC exclusive. Exactly. All right. So Monday Night Raw this week uh, we get a promo from Drew McIntyre, and just as we expected with the ambulance making its way into the arena last week. We're going to have an ambulance match at Clash of the Champions. And by the way, when you said Gold Rush, I thought that was just something you added. I didn't know that that was why they were actually calling this Clash of the Champions Gold Rush. That is so stupid. It's, it's, it's ridiculously stupid. The last time, now, the last time we, we had a Gold Rush tournament uh, in um, WWE, I believe, was um, 2005. And it was um, it was Edge and uh, Kane in the finals, I believe, and that was uh, that was when um, that was when Lita officially joined up with Edge, and they um, you know they were making out on top of the on top of the ramp, and uh, and Jr. was like. I'm not the president of the Kane fan club, but that's the man's wife, blah, 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 you know. And it's, God. Especially looking back at it now, it's kind of funny because, you know, um, yeah. JR is standing on top of this, you know, morals mountain, but yet on, um, on social media nowadays, it's kind of hilarious slash a little bit creepy because, like, he's... <laughs> He likes all these like 
A fresh change from the usual one that we've been getting lately. We've got the Three Prophets defeating uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. But I, I see. I have a problem with that. Oh, okay. Not not with the, not with the pairing. I was actually quite quite impressed. But I I have I have a problem with the Street Profits winning. Oh, okay. And and the reason the reason for that is is this, you see, I would have had Cesaro and Nakamura win because then, to me, that could have set up a possible you know unification match, um, of the tag team belts. At, Why do we need <clears throat> two two sets of championships? Well, especially especially with the um, the tag team belts and and the the women's belts, um, I, I think I think there's no need to have two divisions there. Especially since uh, apparently uh, they're allowed to switch bands at least four times during the year, which is stupid. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, the brand versus the brand to brand invitational as a concept is just so. Oh, by the way, I think I also heard that there's going to be another draft. Why? Well, at, at this point, I I wouldn't say no to a draft because because the the brands as they are desperately need change. But the bottom line is. The change isn't going to be substantive unless they commit to it. And with with all of these uh, stupid um, rules, such as such as the brand to brand invitational or the wild card rule that we had last year, which I still have nightmares about. Um, it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous and. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, WWE is not known for uh, their long-term planning, let's be honest. So, you know, do I think they need a draft? Yes. Um, but what I, what I think they need even more is to make a commitment to building young talent because so far – all I've seen in 2020, and we're damn near in October here, ladies and gentlemen. We're running out of time on 2020, which between you and I, you and I might be a good thing uh, for many things, uh, including professional wrestling. Um, but but the the bottom line of it is 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 this, right? So they're not going to have, like I said, they're not going to have substantive change unless they commit to it. And the bottom line is they need to start pushing young talent. And let's let's be straight up. They have the talent to make Monday Night Raw the most compelling show on television. They really do. Um, you know, we've gone, we've gone over that, uh, you know, ad nauseum. I mean, it just drives me absolutely insane that they're insisting on, on – you know, continuing the the status quo on Monday Night Raw because it makes it the most 
boring TV show I've ever seen, wrestling or not wrestling. And it and when my intelligence as a as a fan gets insulted, um, I have a problem with that. So, you know, whatever whatever they decide to do, whether it's a draft or something else, they they definitely need something because what they're doing now isn't getting it done. And uh, and you know, as as we get further on in, in um, the reviews on other shows, I'll bring up other points that would demonstrate that as well. So. Um, but getting, but getting to my original point, uh, why, why wouldn't you have Shinsuke and, uh, Cesaro win that one? Because then it's like they're, they're invading the Raw brand, which gives, which gives us a perfectly legitimate reason to have a unification match. And then, and then we would, we would, you know, get rid of the crappy tag team divisions that they have, especially on Monday Night Raw, because with um, with um, Ivar getting injured, now you only you, you you realistically only have two tag teams on Monday Night Raw, especially with AOP recently getting released um, from the company, and and it's just you know. I'm sorry, but you you cannot have a compelling uh, tag team division when there's only two teams involved. I mean, come on now. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. All right. And now they get that match. Nine minutes and 27 seconds. Our second uh, match in Cedric Alexander defeating Ricochet. They gave this eight minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, the promo at the beginning between Ricochet and Cedric was terrible. Uh, I think Cedric with the hurt business is um, isn't bad, but uh, I don't know. I still want to see more because uh, I'm not used to seeing this guy as a heel. Well, and I'm I'm actually a fan of Cedric with the hurt business because if it gives him something substantive to do, I'm all for that. And um, the hurt business in general is very intriguing to me. So um, I'm I'm enjoying what they're doing there. He's been uh, watching Bobby Lashley flexes, um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's definitely better. Than oh that, my so. god! Oh. So for that reason, I'm I'm all for the hurt business because it doesn't hurt my retinas. Okay, our next match in for the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar defeating Nikki James in 11:58, and uh, everyone's talking about the ending of this match. Well, first of all, um, first of all, even before the ending, Nikki James did not look good in this match. Um, I think, I think, I think there was significant ring rust there. Um, I would, I mean, I would like to think it was ring rust. Because otherwise she just looked horrible, and it it just wasn't a good showing for her. Now, um, the the ending uh, was just odd to me. Um, I don't know if you know the refs thought that um, that Mickey was injured or or whatever, but he I mean he called it even before the Oscar lock was on uh, Mickey. So. Uh, 
it was it was just very strange and um you know you could uh you could definitely hear that even the commentary team was very confused by that and uh so i wouldn't be surprised if if we got a rematch in in the future between these two it's kind of a way to um to make up for uh what could have been uh for this match so all right and then we had bobby lashley defeating Eric by submission in one minute and fifty-eight seconds. Oh God! You know, uh, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Following that, we have our steel cage match: Seth Rollins defeating Dominic Mysterio in eleven fifty-seven. Hopefully, yeah, this is the end of this one. You know, uh, the the thing is. And, and I, I said this in the past. I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very pro Dominic. You know, he he showed me something at SummerSlam. He really, I mean, he really um, has exceeded my expectations um, for what for what he's been able to do so far. Um, the the thing is with all, with all of these gimmick matches. And I, I appreciate your, your work behind the keyboard. I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> you know, but but the thing the thing is, eventually you're going to run out of gimmick matches for Mysterio to be involved in. Uh, and, um, you know, and to a certain extent, I get it because it, it covers up any weaknesses that he might have uh, being so young in his career. Um, but um, but bit, like I said, eventually we're just gonna have to see him in a straight up match. Um, but as as for this feud, um, you know, I uh, I have to I have to tell you, I'm I'm a fan of of both guys, um, and I think I think this is this is some of uh, this is some of Dom's uh, or this this is some of Seth's, excuse me, uh, best work that I've seen. So. Um, can't really complain there. All right, next uh, we we go to uh, Ben's favorite part of the program, Raw Underground. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I, I would like to I would like to stop. This is show. no one. This is no one's favorite part of Raw. This is just yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, are you messing with me, or did, did you? Yeah, I'm, I'm messing with you because this is no one's favorite part of Raw. Yeah, I was beginning to think. I was beginning to think you laced your insurer with something. Um, so uh, our first one, Dolph Ziggler defeating some unknown. Then Braun Strowman shows up to Raw Underground and uh, defeats Dolph Ziggler and Riddick Moss. This is just so asinine uh, because. Um, Shouldn't Braun Strowman be concerned with getting his revenge on uh, Roman Reigns and getting back the uh, Universal Championship? You would think so. But no, after he defeats Dolph Ziggler and Riddick Moss, he defeats some guy named Nick Stanley. And in the spotlight, well, no, not really, but uh, he's because he's not been anywhere except for NXT, where he had one match last year. And he lost uh, to Imperium in a tag team match. 
Well, what do you fucking do? And, you know, and um, <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm just. You know, my feud with Braun Strowman put put aside. Um, I uh, I'm just not interested in anything that that he's involved in because why would I care about Braun Strowman at this point? I mean, then he, um, then, then then if as if Rick Martin having off uh, the first time, he challenged Strowman to a one on one and lost, uh, and then of course they followed that up with Titus O'Neil. And I have to ask you, what's with this ridiculous tight T-shirt that he's wearing now? I, I don't know. He looks like a, he looks like a cross between a GI Joe and a fucking, you know. He looks stupid. He just he looks. He, I'll tell you exactly what he looks. He looks like a, a cross between a GI Joe and a wannabe Sergeant Slaughter. That's, <laughs> I mean, it's just not. What did you say, fu- maggot? Well, I mean, what the fuck is? I mean, what the fuck is that? I mean, I okay. told him to dress that way, maggot. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I didn't know Sergeant Slaughter was with us. But it's just it's. Can you sense my lack of enthusiasm for anything yep. involving uh, Braun Strowman? Okay. I'm, at a, I'm at a loss for words here because it's just so. Physically painful. Okay, back to uh, the matches. We had Kevin Owens defeating Alistair Black in the four minutes and 39 seconds. Okay, uh, all right. Okay, and right there, I would like to bring up something else. Oh, okay. Why, in the name of everything that I hold dear in my life of 32 years on this planet, it's exclusive. Is Kevin Owens and Aleister Black on fucking Raw Underground? Why? What's the point? Okay. Wait, 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 wait. <sighs> they went on Raw Underground. That wasn't part of Raw Underground. I said back to the matches. Uh, oh, oh, okay. My, my no, 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 no. They weren't on Raw Underground. I said back to the matches. Raw Underground is not wrestling. That's just stupid. Waste of time. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got, I got crossed up with your references there, but okay. All right, then we had Loom, the Riot Squad, defeating Lana and Natalia. They gave this match a minute and 11 seconds. <sighs> Terrible. Okay, well, that was, a, uh, that was a minute and 11 seconds that allowed me to take a piss. Uh, back to, uh, back to <laughs> the underground for only one match, which I don't care because... The aforementioned uh, G.I. Joe wannabe defeats Ziggler and Moss yet again. Like, I don't get it. Uh, okay, and uh, the main event... This this raw ground is not working. And um, if, if you... Um, if you want our take on Raw Underground in general, uh, go back a few episodes um, where we discussed... Um, where we discussed Raw Underground being like a knockoff of Brawl for All meets Kickboxer. Um, yep. It's just, it's terrible. They're suddenly trying to make uh, the lighting uh, look like the, like it does in Kickboxer. Well, yeah, and this, and this uh, Baba Tunde guy is a, uh, is a absolute knockoff of, uh, 
of um, of like yeah. Did you uh, actually? I think I think he's an actor. I was uh, reading. Well, whatever they're going on nowadays, Baba Tunde or Davakato. Um, Baba Tunde is his uh, name. Yeah, and, and that's why that apparently that's why they changed it because, um, you know, WWE wants to own the trademark of the name. So I don't know. I, either way, I'm not. Either way, I'm not impressed. And in the main event, it was a draw between Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. This one went ten minutes. Well, of course, it would have been a draw because you know this company has no idea what the fuck it's doing, and, and they just want to get to get to the pay per view. Um, now, here's here's the thing. I know we have Gold Rush. Uh, a, a week from tomorrow, and and we will have um, we will have our prediction show f- for that uh, next next week. Um, but I, I would also like to point out that short shortly thereafter is Hell in a Cell, which as which as a concept I'm no longer interested in, especially after the clusterfuck that was. Uh, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend last year. However... Wait, come on, you like that red lighting throughout your video. Oh, video. bullshit. I, bullshit, <laughs> I liked it. Well, I, I, I wanted The Fiend to hit me in the head with his mallet. <laughs> that was... Dist- I, I hated that red lighting. That was just terrible. That just took me right um, out of the match. But, well, that and, that and many other things. Um, but... Um, so I'm hearing that it's that um, they want to put uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey in the Hell in a Cell structure. I'd 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 be uh, up for seeing that one. Well, uh, I I would too. However, my own my only issue with that um, is that this would be their first match in a feud. And to me, you don't start off a feud with a Hell in a Cell match. Um, so that's... I, I actually, I, no, hold on. Yeah, that makes sense because it, isn't that the, what you would do to uh, end a feud? Though? Well, yeah, but, you know, but then again, like, what, what else do they have to make a Hell in a Cell match compelling? So, um... So they're either gonna they're either gonna do Sasha Banks and Bailey in Hell in a Cell or Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. I would I would rather for for this pay per view, I would rather it be Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton only only because um, I think it's too early to put Sasha Banks and Bailey in that kind of match with that. Level of finality when it when it's only the the first match of the feud, so we'll we'll get more into that when we um when we have the SmackDown review. It's just um that popped in my head with uh, with Hell in a Cell hot on the heels of the upcoming Night of uh, Clash of Champions pay per view. So okay, all right. So that is our review of Monday Night Raw. I'm now going to throw it over to Ben for his review of AEW Dynamite. 
Oh God, the good show of the week, ladies and gentlemen. The fun part of the podcast starts right after your weekly playing of ACDC. And with that being said, we will now move forward into the review. I, I should say the, the weekly good side of ACDC because we hear ACDC twice a week on Dynamite and SmackDown. But I, can't, only- I, can't, I can't believe on SmackDown they're using a song that was released 30 years ago. Well, <laughs> I, well I'd, rather, I'd rather listen to ACDC on Wednesday night yep. than on Friday night. I can assure you of that. Um, at least when it, com- when it comes to my wrestling, not on my Spotify playlist. Um, but anyway, moving on to AEW. Uh, my highlights and, and lowlights um, were uh, the um, the first match between FDR and the uh, Jurassic Express. Such a good match. Good match, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, F- FTR, the fact that they can put on these kind of matches and they were used the way that they were used in WWE, it's just it's just a crying shame. It really is. Okay. Um, I I also really liked um, Adam Page versus Kazarian. I thought I was very surprised at the quality of that match. Um. And just having, uh, just having Omega on commentary, and then Paige looking for him after, after the win, but then he's not there. That's just a, that's just a nice little subtle piece of storytelling, um, which I enjoyed, and I'm I'm looking forward to the continuation of that, as um, as hopefully uh, Kenny Omega continues forth into. Um, a more NJPW heel version of himself, as I expected to see from the very jump with AEW. Um, and then my other my other high point is has to be um, has to be the main event, uh, the um, parking lot brawl between uh, Santana and Ortiz and the best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to, I have to say, um, usually I'm not impressed with these kind of matches because they're just so overplayed. Um, and especially in the era of cinematic matches, I was concerned that I, that my interest would be kind of taken out of this early on. Um, but Trent and Ortiz, uh, in particular, those two guys really took an ass whooping from from the get go. And you know, on parts of the match, I was just very, uh, very concerned and and um, kind of taken aback by the intensity of it. But um, but having said that. If you're gonna have this kind of a match, then this is the feud on which you do it because um, it's been so personal with the involvement of Trent's mom. You know, when you when you bring someone's mom into it, 
um, you know, you better bet your ass somebody's going to get their ass kicked because I can tell you from a personal level, if you bring my mom into something, I'm going to kick your ass. Can we bring her on to the show as our special guest? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, actually. She always, she always makes these cameo appearances every once in a while. Um, and so you're yeah, like walking into the room in the background. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I would, I would absolutely love to get my mom on the show because every time, every time she comes in here and I'm watching Russ, like she just shakes her head and uh, walks away. She, she, she really doesn't get it. Um, as we'll get into uh, in more detail on the SmackDown review, because I have, a, I have a funny story there. Let me ask um, you: um, Did you get uh, Tony Schiavone's reference movie reference? Yeah, the Dead Presidents. Have you, um, seen, have you seen that movie? I have not, I have not, but I, I, I had heard enough about it where, right there. where I, I got a kick out of the reference. There absolutely. it is, right there. That's where they get the Santana Ortiz got it from, all that makeup. Yeah, well, like I, like I said, that, and that's why I understood the reference, because I had seen the makeup before. I have never seen the movie before. I got to check it out. I, added, I just added it to my watch list. Um... Yeah, well, you have to let me know how it is, and then maybe I'll add it to mine. Right. But the um, there were a couple spots in in particular where I like to uh, to point out. The first one was the very be- was the the very beginning where uh, Santana was driven into the um, into the side view mirror. Oh my lord. <laughs> What a way to start a match. Jesus, I thought he might have concussed himself because he certainly came out bleeding. Um, so th- there was that. And then um, Trent got his ass kicked on two different occasions. One was um, he took a power bomb into the roof of a truck. And then... He took a a, a power uh, a uh, power bomb through the windshield of the same truck, and uh, he in uh, in in addition to all that, he was just absolutely getting the shit beat out of him with a uh, with a piece of wood on top of all that. So Trent was not having a good night, and I I certainly hope um, that the paycheck reflected the sacrifice that um that um <clears throat> Trent and uh Ortiz and the ass women that they took. I mean I'm just I was absolutely speechless since why I'm having trouble getting the words out of my mouth with uh this review. But um but yeah going back to what I was saying earlier, you know this is this is what I enjoy when I can actually believe that that someone wants to kick somebody's ass, you know, and actually goes out there and does it and makes it compelling and not cheesy looking for the sake of violence being violence, um, you know, and and just there was a reason for this match to be the way it was. And, and I just, I enjoy this, the storytelling aspect of it and the, 
the brutality of it had had psychology behind it. And like like I said, when you bring someone's mom into it, you better believe that somebody's gonna get their ass kicked. And even even the end of the match, um, where uh, where Sue came in and and picked up um, you know uh, best friends and and uh, um, and he yeah, <laughs> I, I and I laugh my ass off. I laugh my ass off at that. I was I was dying. Um, are you still so, are you still talking about this match, or did you talk about anything else? No, I was still talking. I was still okay. talking about. All right, okay. Um, you know, and, and just everything about this match, I I love. Um. Do I think it was it's like the the greatest piece of business ever? Um, as some people are are just crapping all over themselves on social media, I'm not sure about that. But how? Listen, however, man, having, said, having said that, this was a very good, uh, compelling uh, match. And um, Ben, Ben, yeah. Out of five stars, how what would you, how many would you give this match? I would say four and a half. Fuck you, Dave Meltzer. This guy gave this match five stars. Yeah, um, you know, I, I would, I would um, actually, you know what? Instead of four and a half, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with with four, strictly from entertainment value. But when I, when I, there's when no I way think, this match is a five star match. Well, absolutely not, and I. I reserve five star matches for like you know technical masterpieces, um, not not parking lot brawls. So I think I think the five star rating is is a little bit much to say the least. Um, I would this was not Dave Meltzer. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, we. Um, We've uh, we've covered we've covered that on this podcast. I have I have my feuds with uh, Braun Strowman and um, and a couple other people, and you have your issues with Dave Meltzer. Um, only because I've been I, only because I've been listening to him long enough for like uh, almost uh, ten or uh, thirteen years. Well, actually, you know, you sorry, twenty 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 one years. My bad. Yeah, didn't you tell me you've been listening since like 1997 or something? Yeah, because uh, he used to have like a weekly segment on the podcast they used to do here called Live Audio Wrestling. So like he used to have his own little weekly segments. Like, uh, yeah, that's and, my bathroom break. Yeah, and, and that's that's why um, when our former and when our former employer would constantly use Dave Meltzer as a source, I'm like. For fuck's sake, um, you know. But um, but that being said, I really did enjoy this uh, this portion of the show. There's okay. Uh, are these your highlights, right? Did you do your yes. highlights? Oh no. Uh, go, my, go 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 ahead. I want to see if you. I wanted to know what your lowlights are. Well, my my lowlights, believe it or not, um, was um. Was Thunder Rosa uh, versus uh, Evilise, and the yep. and the reason why I say that um, 
was something very p- particular because I love Thunder Rosa in the ring. You'll you'll never he- so far I have not seen one single thing I've disliked about a Thunder Rosa match. But um, I've heard there was a little bit of uh, controversy surrounding this match, and and immediately when I caught on to this, I'm like, I wonder if it's for the reason that I caught on to immediately when I was watching this. There was, there was a spot where um, where um, Thunder Rosa hit a um, hit a hit a snapmare on Evilise and went to. Uh, when to lock the arms behind her uh, afterwards. And um, <clears throat> the look on Ivalice's face and just the absolute laziness with which uh, this move was executed um, just really, um, really uh, stuck out to me. So sure, en- sure enough, after the match, you go online, uh, there was a controversy backstage because uh, Thunder Rosa got mad um, after. During, during, uh, during the match, uh, yeah. they, were, they were like uh, actually uh, hitting each other. That's uh, that's uh, what was going on there because uh, Ivelisse uh, no sold um, for Thunder Rosa. Yeah, which which I mean, I I had I had heard things of that nature about Evelise in the past, um, but I I hadn't ever seen you know proof of it. Um, so I'm one of those guys where it doesn't matter what I hear, I have to see evidence of something uh, before I go after somebody for being you know unprofessional. I have a question. Um... Have you ever seen Thunder Rosa in Lucha Underground? Yes, I did. Okay, see, I didn't know that. I knew about Cobra Moon. I didn't know that, that was Cobra Moon. Uh, apparently, uh, she had a few matches with Evil Leafs, a few tag team matches. Uh, yeah, and I, I see at, at that point, I I knew that Cobra Moon was uh, Thunder Rosa. Um, because I was just doing my little spot. I think even though we in Thunder Rosa is a name, I just I was I'm just curious to see like where these uh, wrestlers have been, in other, like what other companies. Like, have you yeah. seen like okay, you you how about your tag team partner Holly Dead? I no, I I I I didn't know who she was. Holly Dead, okay, these are, it's Thunder Rosa and Holly Dead were tag team in uh, ROH. Yeah. Okay, I was looking up Holly Dead because, again, I'm, I'm like, curious, like, where, where, like, these wrestlers have been. Apparently, Holly Dead was in the WWE for a while. Sorry, she was in a, yeah, she was in WWE and NXT. She had one match on uh, Raw in 2016. Then she was on NXT for for one match against uh, last year against Io Shirai. Oh Lord, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't even know that. But um, but yeah, I, I would have to I would have to say that I would side with uh, evil uh, with um, Thunder Rosa on that whole thing because uh, yeah. That's, oh yeah, that's Holly Dead. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had never seen that incarnation of her, but yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I have to say, from everything that I've seen from Thunder Rosa, I can't get enough of her right now. I know, right? I mean, she she, she is exactly what AEW needs yeah. um, in in the women's division, and and the other you, the you, other, know, you know what they also need? They need more energy. Uh, yes. Well, and I think I think Jr. would agree with you on that. One. <laughs> Um, but um, but yeah, the, the other the other girl who I, who I'm a very big fan of and who I'm happy to see in AEW now is uh, Serena Deeb. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was uh, for those that for those of you that don't know, she was actually in the uh, Straight Edge Society along with um, with CM Punk and Luke Gallows. Yep. So. Um, and I, I've always been a been a fan of hers, um, from uh, from the first time I saw her. So the I'm fact sorry, that but I'm sorry, but I was upset when Sam Punk shaved her head. I was upset. And I, I was sort of, I, I was sort of taken aback by that. But, but uh, big ups to her for having the, for having the. Uh, the balls to do that because I I I can't think of many women who would uh, voluntarily have their head shaved for a career move. Um, so uh, big ups to her for doing that, and I'm glad that um to see her back on a national stage because I've always been a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, is there anything else? Um, no, not, not that I, not that I uh, noticed. There, there was a lot of... There oh, was come on, of, I'm sure you had one more little light. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I did overlook something. Let's, let's see. Uh, let me see if I can pick up uh, what, you're, what you're putting down here. Hold on, let me go back through here. Uh, no, we caught that. Uh, I I don't I don't see anything. What what am what am I missing here? Look at your name. Oh, uh, okay. Let me pull you back up. Here I am taking the professional route, and uh, um, I can't see the whole thing. All I hear is Ben's new friend. MJF. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. That, that <laughs> Come on. was that. I mean, really? Okay. That well, they gave that match. That was like thirty seconds squash. Yeah. And Sean Dean, this guy. The only thing uh, on this guy is uh, resume is evolve and WWE and live. That's about yeah, it. Well, well, the, well. The thing, the thing is, and I, I think once again, this, this illustrates it. Obviously, they're trying to build MJF up um, as, as a legitimate uh, world championship con- contender, and I, obviously, I think he is. But um, you know, this just illustrates the fact that um, AEW does not have a mid card. Uh-huh. Uh, which, is, which is a 
Go on. Um, which is another uh, like glaring weakness of the company for me. Because be due to the fact that they focus so heavily on tag team wrestling, um, they're really lacking a mid-card, which is something that I see that they can improve. Okay, I I want to I want to know your thoughts on this new on this uh, guy Will Hobbs. Um, well, to be honest with you, I ha I haven't seen him before, uh, so AEW um, is my first exposure to him. Um, so two two appearances isn't really enough for me to form an opinion. I I have I have to see him in. Uh, in like a, a straight up match, so I think I think after next week, I'll be able to uh, to give you a a better <coughs> a better viewpoint on him. Okay, all right. Okay, so is, do you have anything else, or that that's it? But yeah, I mean the only other, the only other thing that I can that I can say is. Um, you know, overall, I think that this was one of one of AEW's better offerings. Okay. Um, and I really feel like they they needed this coming out of um, coming out of All Out um, because because that was that was a very hit or miss show and obviously their weakest offering to date. So um, the fact that they, the fact that they were able to build some momentum. On the first show coming out of it, and set up some some storylines, and then come out really strong, uh, particularly particularly with um, the the three matches that we that we highlighted. Um, you know, I'm I'm very encouraged um, that that they're going to be able to bounce back um, quite nicely from from the low point that was all out. All right, so. That's our review of AEW. We're now going to move on to NXT. And Ben, you said you had uh, just watched this uh, before we went on the air. Yeah, I did. All right. So for me, my uh, highlights are Io Shirai and Shotzi Blackheart. And um, I like the Angle versus Imperium and Damien Priest versus Timothy Thatcher. Uh, yeah, uh, to a T. Those were my those were my highlights. The rest of it, the rest of it was skippable um, t to me, um, and and that's the biggest problem with NXT now because um, you know before and for a long time, you know nothing on nothing on NXT was missable. It was it was must see television for me every single week. Um, you know, it was it was like the best professional wrestling product in the country, in my opinion, was NXT um, for a long time. I mean, that was like the place to be for hardcore wrestling fans uh, such as ourselves. You know, I have um, I have 29 years under the belt, and you and you have uh, you have uh, more than that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, over three, yeah. So, um, so uh, you know, like, 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 like uh, thirty-six. <laughs> so we're yeah, we're um, 
we're old hacks at this and um we definitely can appreciate quality and um you know nxt has undoubtedly been slipping as of late um and uh you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that this was the best episode because it wasn't. But at least, um, at least they had some uh, consistent high points. I like. I like how they're building um, Shotzi Blackheart because I I wasn't sold on her um, for for a while. But I just hadn't seen enough of her. Um, but this was definitely her breakout moment for me. Where I was like, oh, you know, um, you know she she might have something here, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, I'm always I've always been a gigantic fan of uh, Io Shirai. Uh, that's that's another person who I who I really want to see double parked in NXT. I do not I do not want Io Shirai on the main roster because I'm just afraid that she's gonna. She's gonna fall into into this role player position, and I really I really don't want that for, for her. They, they they changed another NXT star's uh, name. Did you know? Was this Desmond Troy? Yeah, wasn't he? Um, wasn't he the um, the what was his name? Uh, Day or Kent? He was named his name is uh, Denzel Dejournet. Yeah, the, yes, yes, uh, and uh, how do you go from Denzel Desjardins to Desmond Troy? <laughs> well, well, to be honest with you, I prefer uh, I prefer Desmond Troy because it's no, I, me, yeah. it's, it's much better than Dejardins. But yeah, I did um, I did notice that, and um, he got his ass handed to him by uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, and I, I don't see Jake Atlas having any better luck against him uh, next week. Yeah. But um, but one of the one of the things that I was extremely happy to see was uh, was the performance of Rizango against Imperium because if you if you remember a few weeks ago, I was um, I was kind of dubious over Brazongo getting getting the win as number one contenders because I had um, I had predicted that uh, that match would go differently. Um, I, I didn't I didn't see that them being successful against uh, the heel team of Imperium. I didn't really see them as as viable threats um, to them. Largely because of, largely because of Brizongo's gimmick, to be honest with you, I just didn't really see that as a good match. But um, they proved me wrong, especially on this one. I was very impressed, um, and I, I think that, I think that this is another example of, of WWE missing the boat on a tag team because Brizongo got typecast as the comedy thing, and I think. I think we've seen many examples that that once you're labeled as being comedy in WWE, it doesn't necessarily go well for you. And I think uh, Santino and Santino or Santino and Santina Marella are uh, parts of that. So uh, 
at the, at the very least, let's uh, at the very least let's hope that Brazongo doesn't fall that far. And I'm I'm very I'm very I'm very um, my eyes were opened as to the potential of Brazongo um, for this match because to be honest with you, I wasn't really a fan of their fashion police gimmick. Um, <laughs> To, to say the very least, and um, and to be honest with you, I was I've never really been a fan of the Fandango gimmick. So the fact the fact that they're uh, the fact that they're still able to do the comedy thing, uh, but yet be serious once the bell rings and really show me that they are like legit. To me, I've had my eyes opened in in regarding. Regarding um, Fond- Fondango and Tyler Breeze to a, to a degree that I have, I've never seen them or taken them this seriously in, in their entire careers. So this was this was a very pleasant surprise for me in this match in particular. So all right, so that is our review of NXT, and um, now Ben, I'm so sorry, SmackDown. God. Well, aren't, aren't you? Aren't you? Before we before we hit the unfortunate side of ACDC soundtrack for the wrestling week, um, I just have to ask you a question. Aren't Aren't you thankful that I'm t- taking the bullet for you on on this occasion? Yes, thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I appreciate the Japanese style bowing. I really do. Um, <laughs> Since uh, since our since our fans can't see us, I have to I have to articulate these things. Um, but uh, I, I I have to tell you, even though I did not find SmackDown to be entertaining at all, I am I am hoping that uh, the listeners find my take entertaining because I worked on this before we came on the air. This was a so, bad show. Uh, yes, it was. It was. It was Fuck. atrocious. It was. Then I, I have something to add after you've done your uh, review. Okay, absolutely. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me just attach an epic rant warning uh, as I get started here. Hold on. Because Hold on. warning, the views expressed in this rant <laughs> are those of Ben Pearson, not necessarily reflect those of the PNC Percussion Wrestling Podcast. Oh, yes, they do, because you're going to agree. You're going to agree with me on this one. I can promise you that. Um, so the show opens with the dirt sheet. Oh, my God. And instantly, <laughs> and instantly I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't going to end well. Uh, because immediately they start talking about uh, Mandy Rose, and to me this was just a classless uh, situation because you know they pretty much start saying um, that that Mandy Rose is a slut and no, uh, you know. And it's just to me that's absolutely classless because number one, number one WWE paints itself as being the 
at the forefront of the women's evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it. And then, and then if you're not one of their favorites in, in line with Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Sasha Banks, um, and, and sometimes, sometimes Asuka and Alexa Bliss, if you're not on that level in the company's eyes, they're gonna they're gonna do this kind of thing to you. And I just I just find it to be completely classless, especially coming off of uh, coming off of what um, Mandy Rose just went through alongside Sonia Deville. So the fact that the the, the fact that they were that the Miz and um, John Morrison were in no certain terms calling. Um, calling um, Mandy Rose a slut by saying that, that the fans wanted to see more than just Mandy's Rose, amongst other things. At that point, I was like, fuck you. And, and as, as a fan, I got legitimately pissed off. And I actually, and as you saw, I, would, I posted on Twitter, you know, these are the kind of segments that make me embarrassed to be a professional wrestling fan. Um, and I, I mean that in all sincerity and, and, and look, I'm and long time listeners know this. I am not the captain of the PC police. I, I am not going to, no, I'm the ship. You know, yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm sorry. I just had to go on. Well, you're exactly right. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I I curse like a sailor. I I say what's on my mind. I am not the captain of the PC police. How, however, that being said, this was absolutely disgusting. Um, and and the fact that the segment ended with the Miz in his underwear, aka tidy whities, is just something that I didn't need to see. And the fact that we're still getting this, you know, bathroom type humor on on SmackDown is just in, it's indicative of a larger problem. But I just I just find it to be completely two faced um, on the part of WWE when they want us to take the women seriously, but yet they they get treated like this if they're not in a particular category in the eyes of WWE management. Um, but especially given the timing of the incident with, um, with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. And by, by the way, their, their accused um, stalker who broke into uh, Mandy, uh, into Sonya Deville's house. Uh, pleaded not guilty. So, how uh, you, you did it? Uh, how how do you like, stand there and say you're not guilty? If you get the fuck out. Like you, like you, you're literally the dumbest fuck I've <laughs> yes. ever enc- encountered <laughs> in my entire life. You're you're on you video. Caught. How do you say you're not guilty? Oh, like geez. you're on video. Number Just one. Stop. Number two, you confess to the cops, and number. Number three, you're a creepy little bastard who deserves everything that's coming your way, you stupid, depraved, ignorant <laughs> Just go away and enjoy your I don't know, my 
and, and just enjoy your time in prison, which I don't think it's going to be very pleasant for you in particular. You, you dumb, dumb, dumb piece of shit. Um, so for that reason and many others, WWE did not handle this particular edition of the dirt sheet very, very well. No, it didn't. Um, and then my my other my other low point of of the show, and and then there could be many in in the running for this award. Um, with the main event. Now. Oh my god, the main event. I think I, I, think I, I think I fell asleep at this point. I ended up woken up to uh, Roman Reigns and then she was so hugging. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what I want to see without my eyes. <laughs> not <Are you> okay? <laughs> I was not expecting. Are you okay? Give me a second. <laughs> Uh, no, I, um, okay, you can unmute me now. Right, we did. I'm good, I'm, I've, I've contained myself. I was just, I was not expecting, I was not expecting that, that visual. No, 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 I, I seriously, I had fallen asleep because my dad put me to sleep, that's how bad it was. Yeah. Um, I'd woken up and it was the end of the match, uh, where they were uh, celebrating, uh, their win. Well, and but here, but here's the thing, right? So please explain to me the difference between a regular street fight and a Samoan street fight. We I don't know. There isn't. You know what it was? It was a Texas Tornado Tag Team match. That's all it was. Okay. Okay. Well, then say that. Don't. Yeah, I know, right? That, that's what I said. They're like a Samoan street fight. Well, no, it's it's a regular Texas Tornado Tag Team match. So why don't you yeah. just say that? Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> it was so stupid. And, how, and, to, and to that end, how many times do we have to be reminded that Roman Reigns and, um, and Jey Uso are cousins? I mean, that's not breaking news. We, everybody knows that. Oh, my God. You know, and, and it's not like we needed the narration by Paul Heyman explaining the family history between Jey Uso and Roman Reigns before we were reminded 67 separate times that they're cousins during the match. We know. Everybody knows the history of the NOIE family. We don't need to be reminded. We're, we're not, you know... Um, as much as WWE doesn't want to believe this, the majority of their fans are not simpletons, you ignorant, <laughs> ignorant fucks. So I, you know, so I didn't really like the match just because of the way it was set up and the way it was pulled off. Now, the only thing that I liked about this match was the ending because after we got through with the hugging and the and the, and the singing of the kumbaya, um, singing of the kumbaya, what? But, uh, <laughs> well, you're gonna get my point in a second. So yeah. after insert the guitar in this uh, spot. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, you can do you can do that in editing. Um, 
I can do that on my own. Yeah, with me playing, actually playing the piano. And the yeah, exactly. Um, or, or you could you could insert some sound effects in the post editing after the show is done. Whatever you want to do. Um, but, um, but the th the thing that I did like was, um, you know, after um, they got done celebrating and and Jey Uso or yeah Jey Uso had left the ring and wasn't looking back. Uh, Roman got this real like pissed off, um, you know, I'm going to kick your ass kind of look on his face, which kind of played in nicely uh, to, to their match that they're going to have at um, Clash of Champions. So that was well done, kind of, kind of furthering the completion of Roman Reigns' heel turn. Um, but, but, so that was a high point at the very end. And then the only other point of the show that I legitimately enjoyed was Sasha Banks' promo in response to uh, Bailey um, as, as to why uh, Bailey attacked her um, two weeks ago. Now, there are a couple different things that I'd like to bring up in relation to uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Number one, in my opinion, uh, this segment did not have to be done two weeks after um, the initial attack. I would have liked, I would have liked to have to have seen Sasha be held off TV for at least a month uh, before um, before we see her again to really sell the the effects of the beatdown and really and really just elongate the um the rivalry because to to me to me yes it is logical that that, that they would be in hell in a cell or something similar at some point and you know sasha banks does have a history inside hell in a cell um, being a bit, I think she's been in every single Hell in a Cell match involving the women. So I get it from that perspective. What I don't, what I don't understand is why that match has to be done now, because as I said before, it's their first match in the feud. And yeah, keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay. So uh, from that from that perspective, it kind of pissed me off. But uh, but as for the promo itself, I was I was very impressed by it. Uh, the emotion that Sasha Banks displayed was uh, right on point, and it, it actually did get me emotionally invested for uh, the remainder of the feud. And I will be very. I will be very intrigued to see where they go and just how long they drag um, this rivalry out. Now, as I said earlier in the show, it's either going to be Sasha Banks and Bailey and Helen Cell, or Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton in the cell. And I'm hoping they don't do both. But for for me, the obvious choice, if you're going to do it. Um, is to have Sasha Banks and Bailey in the cell because 
you know, for for me, those two have carried the SmackDown brand uh, th throughout the summer, not just the women's division. I mean, to me, they have been the selling point of SmackDown for for months and months. So. While while I'm not complaining that they could potentially face off in Hell in a Cell, I just think the timing is wrong. Um, but uh, but having said that, the promo itself was definitely a high point of the show. Um, now, as as for the rest of the show, the rest of the show just completely sucked and had no space to be on my TV whatsoever. And the fact that I had to watch it for the purpose of, for the purposes of maintaining podcast professionalism was making me physically sick. But it's just the uh, sacrifices that I have to make um, for, to entertain you, which I have no problem doing. Um, but as my uh, as my co-host prepares to uh, come back in to the picture. I will wrap up my review and rant on the qual the quality of SmackDown this week by saying um, WWE definitely has to clean up on the, the blue brand and hopefully hopefully the rumored upcoming draft is a way for them to do that. But um, as has been a theme in this show, I want substantive change, uh, not just a Band-Aid. Um, and they certainly have the opportunity uh, to make things right in the draft. So if they're going to do that, I definitely want to see where they go with it. So, so you did your highlights and lowlights? Yes. Okay, uh, mine was the same. Now, I read this and um, I've never seen someone run a company as poorly as Vince McMahon does with the WWE. I, the, what I was reading was, while SmackDown was in progress, he was rewriting the show while it was going on. Well, but I mean, we've heard that so many times, and I know I'm, I'm just when when I, when I saw that, I'm like, no wonder. And then like, but like the article was basically saying like he he hated SmackDown. He wasn't happy. He wanted to he that uh, he actually wanted to go home during the commercial. Oh, for. I'm like oh, years. I'm like this is why your company is. I've never seen someone run a company as poorly as this guy does. Vince, I swear, so, you, you, you've killed Raw, you've killed SmackDown. You're kind of sort of doing the same thing to NXT, but not that not quite as bad just yet. Stay away from NXT UK. I cover that, and I don't want to see your fingerprints on NXT UK. Well, stay away from NXT, period. Gee, this guy. Just, just go. Uh, this guy is in his 70s. Go home. Go do whatever. Leave the WWE to Triple H. At least he knows what he's doing. Well, exactly. And you know, and you know, we've gone on Vince McMahon rants. And actually, there was a there was an episode where I specifically I begged. Uh, Vince to stay away from the white. No, I, I know. I, I heard you crying. I saw the tears. 
Um, I I did. I begged. I begged him. You know, but I I will say this till I'm blue in the face. There are there are parts of Vince McMahon that I will appreciate forever because he did build this this conglomerate and, and something that I that I love very dearly. You know, he gave me uh, professional wrestling as I know it. Um, but you know, as is always the case, just like with with everything else in life, um, you know, you, you have to you have to give me something that is compelling constantly, not just some of the time. And and you know, when when Elio and I come on here and we criticize the company. It's not for the joy of criticizing the company. Like we, we love professional wrestling, but we wouldn't be doing our jobs as as good fans, in my opinion, or as podcasters, if we didn't bring out the 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 obvious shortcomings of of this company. And I and I have said this over and over again. The, the fact that this company is making more money now than in, in its entire history, that's a problem for me because what that tells me as a college-educated, very intelligent person um, myself um, is that is that if the money is coming in the way it is, then that's not going to motivate anybody to change, and that's a problem because in my in my opinion, and I'm sure in your opinion too, Elio, WWE has never needed change as badly as they do right now because to me, WWE as I know it and as I've loved it for years has been on life support for damn near 15 years uh, because you know since the since the inception of the PG air this company has sucked the life out of me as as an enthusiast and, I, and as I said about the dirt sheet segment there are certain things that this company has done a la Saudi Arabia, a la not building new new talent, a la burying. I think uh, that just makes me sick on a daily basis. Doing, I think you're doing another crown jewel in uh, right after Hell in a Cell. Oh well, uh, well, I don't think they're going to be doing it this year. No, I'm just uh, bringing that up because I was looking when I looked up at Hell in a Cell. I'm gonna have to actually check where exactly this is gonna be at. Oh well, we don't we don't know exactly where Helen the cell is gonna be, but I but I I will go out on a limb and say I don't think that they're gonna do another Saudi Arabia the show this year. Because if they do, they're then they're just confirmed assholes, and I think. And I think that they've already done enough damage to their public image this year uh, through their handling of the pandemic crisis, or lack thereof, I should say. 
Um, because they, 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 rightfully so, they've gotten raped over the coals for that cause, because they've conducted themselves like pieces of shit. Um, I mean, and I'm, I'm, that criticism does not extend to the talent. I'm talking the higher-ups who run this place as a business. What, what they do um, on a consistent basis um, aside from in insulting the intelligence of their fans based on their on-screen product, their business decisions as a global entity are just mind-numbingly stupid to me. So, wait, Ben. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe th th this can't. This can't be. This is stupid. What I'm just reading. Oh, Home the Cell takes place on October 25th, right? Yeah, that was my understanding. NXT UK TakeOver Dublin. I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I love the NXT UK TakeOvers. That is taking place on October 25th. Well, and did you hear about this? There's another NXT TakeOver on October 4th. <laughs> yep. Oh wow! Which why the fuck are why the fuck are they doing that with with, with only three weeks build? I which and that's indicative of another problem with NXT because the NXT I know would never have a have a takeover with only three weeks build. So, so many useless papers being thrown out there. Um. Well, and it just goes to. to to what I believe in, and our and and can really speak to our approach on this podcast. Um, you know, I believe in quality over quantity in regards to everything in life. Oh, but wait, NXT uh, takeover on October fourth. Did you know that the next the next NXT takeover after that is on December the sixth? Oh my God! <laughs> what the? What is going on? So, so do you do you do you have the remaining WWE pay per view schedule for 2020 in front of you? Um, I brought that up on a past uh, on a past episode. Let me see if I can uh, find it. Yeah, because. Because I I know you brought it up recently, but it just it just seems like there have been a bunch of changes just recently, within the last couple of days. So I'm just curious. Lately, so I'm not I'm, I'm going to go from uh, because we already know September's Clash for Champions. Okay, so we have October fourth, October twenty, October fourth. Sorry, October fourth is a takeover. Twenty fifth yeah. is NXT UK takeover Dublin. On that same day is Hell in a Cell. Okay, and after Hell in a Cell, we have Survivor Series on November 22nd. Follow that up. Oh, God. With, yeah, follow that up with NXT TakeOver on uh, December the 6th. Oh, and, gee. Jesus Christ. And uh, beyond that, uh, that's about it. Then the only ones I have after that is. Um, Take over uh, wherever they're going to be next year, and then uh, followed by WrestleMania. Oh God! Um, well, you know, it, it, it just goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, that it's 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 just quantity over quality with them. 
So that's pretty much uh, the rest of uh, the remainder of 2020. Well, all, 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 I, all I can say, Elio, is hold on to your pants because it's going to be a rough ride to finish out the year. Holy God. Um, but, but with that being said, that's all I had for today's edition of uh, the podcast. Elio, do you have anything well, no, else? Hold on. You know what? I think we, well, I think uh, we have to fire up the, the DeLorean. Oh, oh yes, I forgot. Where, where are we going? Uh, where are we going this week? Well, since September twenty seventh is Clash of the Champions, I thought we would fire up the DeLorean and go back to Sunday. September 19, 2010, for WWE Night of Champions. All right, very cool. Let me uh, let me pull up the card so I can uh, I can uh, follow along with your take here. Hold on. So now, Ben, where were you on? Uh, what were you doing on September 19, 2010? Uh, I don't know, but the previous week I, I I had just been on on the previous edition of Monday Night Raw because I attended I attended uh, the September tenth edition. Oh, is that the one you were talking about where you got Drew Lawler's autograph? Yeah, because I was I was front row for that edition of Raw in Washington D.C. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and uh, look at this and check that out and see if I can find spot you. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, you probably can because I'm little. I'm literally right behind, uh, right behind the announce table in a Nexus T-shirt. In <laughs> a Nexus T-shirt? What? <laughs> well, because this was 2010, people. Were, were you part of the Nexus? I wanted to be like that. Was the, the, to me that was the coolest. Um, I love the Nexus. I yeah. love, I, you know what I loved? I loved uh, where they tore up the ring. Uh, show, show, show non-fans that and told me, told me wrestling's not real. That when they have uh, wood, wood underneath the canvas. Yeah, and um, actually, you know what? That took, pl- that took place on my birthday. And, um, you know, so That's right, you told me that, yeah. Some of the coolest moments in WWE history that that stick out to me have taken place on my birthday. So, now, hold on, your your birthday is on June seventh. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the higher power was revealed on June seventh. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, and uh, it's, that must have um, been that must have been uh, an exciting birthday gift for you to find out this man was a higher power. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, because I, I I specifically remember watching that show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I have the I have the card pulled up. If you want to fire up the DeLorean, now. All right, so we are going back to September nineteenth, two thousand ten for WWE Night of Champions. Absolutely. All right, so Night of Champions took place from the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. We had Jerry Lawler, Matt Stryker, and Michael Cole on commentary. We have a one dark match with John Morrison defeating Ted DiBiase Jr. 
And the show opens up with Intercontinental Champion Dolph Ziggler defeating Kofi Kingston in 12 minutes. Oh God! And I, I, I think it was the it was the next night on Monday Night Raw that John that John Cena had that um, had that classic promo where he kept cutting Vicky Guerrero and Dolph off and just. Burying, burying uh, Dolph Ziggler. So I thought that was pretty funny. Then we had the big show defeating CM Punk in five minutes. Oh, boo. What, what, okay, well, what the fuck is that? That's my question. In the third match, U.S. champion, dang, U.S. champion The Miz losing the championship to Daniel Bryan in 12 minutes. Good. <laughs> And then we have a unification lumber show match for to unify the WWE Divas title and women's championship. Michelle Bakuo defeating Melina to capture both championships. I, I always thought Michelle McCool was was uh, greatly underrated as a as a performer. I always I always enjoyed her work. In a no holds barred match. Kane retains the WWE World Heavyweight Championship by defeating The Undertaker in 18 minutes. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember this being a very good match. Um, you know, I, you know it's, always, it's always surprising to me if, if you go back to the inception of the Kane versus, um, of the Kane versus Undertaker feud, it's, it's always been semi-surprising to me every time Kane gets a victory. Because if you really think about it, like he always came like the closest of anybody to uh, to beating the Undertaker. Um, but it, as I remember, it was it was always very rare that um, Undertaker lost to Kane. Um, so, I um, I always I always remember it when Kane actually gets a victory over over um, over the Undertaker because I'm I'm always just semi surprised every time that happens. Okay, uh, then we want to match number six now, Ben. You remember this tag team, the Dashing Ones? Yes, I do. So we had the Dashing Ones, Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre defeating the Hart Dynasty. Uh, Evan Bourne and Mark Henry, the Usos and Santino and Vladimir Kozlov to uh, win the WWE Tag Team Championships. Yeah, you know, I I, re- I never really liked those um, those multi those multi man tag team matches. I just you know, it, it it kind of to me it falls on the same line as why I don't like you know. Uh, the six man, eight man, twelve man tag matches. I, I was just never really, um, I was just never really behind those because even though they added the unpredictability factor, to to me the, the best part of, of tag team wrestling was um, was just the interplay between the two teams and when and when when that gets lost. In just pure pandemonium, where it, it just breaks down into like a Royal Rumble type situation, I I feel like that that does a lot to 
kill the art that is tag team wrestling to me. So I don't remember being too impressed by anything that had the tag team turmoil uh, tagline attached to it. Okay, and in the main event, in a six-pack challenge, Randy Orton defeats Chris Jericho, Edge, John Cena, Sheamus, and Wade Barrett in 21 minutes to become the new WWE champion. And let me ask you something. Were you, were you ever a fan of the six-pack six elimination challenge? I uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I wasn't like the big fan, but it was it wasn't bad to me. It was just um, it was just uh, basically a six uh, six man six way match. Yeah, you know I I, uh, I never I never minded it, but it, it just it, it to me to me it should have been more special and like. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I never really understood when they attach these fancy names to things when it's just as, like a four-way or a five-way or six-way, whatever it is. No, Ben, this, just, is, this is slightly off topic, but it's not because it has to do with Mark Henry and Evan Bourne. Do you recall a faction in WWE uh, with the name named Apple? No. They only lasted one week, but here we go. Apple is allied people powered by loathing everything that you stand for. It was a group consisting of Santino Morella, Mark Henry, Daniel Bryan, and Evan Bourne, and they debuted on the April 11th edition, 2011 edition of Raw, and were a team for one night only. Yeah, well, I, I, I just based off the name of it and and the group, I'm I'm betting that they cut it off because of the of the potential racial overtones. I bet I bet you that's why. Now I'll tell I'll tell I'll tell you I'll tell you why I bring this up because on an episode of the other podcast that I do, we uh-huh. um. We have a Facebook exclusive called Quarantine. Right, I've seen that. And uh, we, uh, I don't know if you saw the episode we did on gimmick. Oh no, not gimmick, on factions. Uh, I did. I didn't see the entire thing, but I caught pieces. Okay. Of it. Uh, now on that on the list of factions. There was this group Apple, and then no one even remembered that this group was even a faction. That's how memorable they were. Uh, yeah, well, and one week teams or one week factions are kind of hard to recall. <laughs> so that was WWE Night of Champions 2010. Ben, we should bring this week's show to a close. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and uh, I'm just noticing this now. But why why have you nicknamed me Ben the Smurf? Oh, because uh, your comment from earlier where you said you can talk to your until you're blue in the face about Ben Man. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Now let me just uh, before we before we. Uh, 
end the show this week. Uh, what uh, what date is next Saturday? Next Saturday is uh, 26, I believe. Uh, yeah. Let me let me just verify that. Yep. All right. So let's take a look at what we have. Uh, what offerings uh, September 26 brings us. So in terms of paper, we have several EMLL events. We have Unforgiven 99, uh, ROH New Horizons 2008, and a couple of AAAs in New Japan and one UFC. So you know what I think? We should go with WWF Unforgiven 1999. Absolutely, and, I will, and what I'll do is I'll actually watch that uh, so that I have a better idea. And this one should be a good one because 1999 was a crazy year for the WWF and uh, this one will be headlined by a six-way match. A six-way for the WWF Championship. Yeah, and I, I, I know for a fact I've watched a bunch of Raws from 1999 on the network. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see Unforgiven. So... All right, so so idea. that is that is our uh, travel time travel uh, trip for next week. Time warp. Our time warp for next week, September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety nine. Ben, let's bring this show to a close. Absolutely, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, where where we guarantee that we are more entertaining than anything you'll see on weekly professional wrestling TV. Uh, All right, fans, we'll talk to you all next week. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, can't you see? Getting closer, just surrender, cause you feel.